is Thursday, July 25th, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. everyone and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje and uh, tonight a friend of Medjugorje is going to be sharing with us insight, new insight into Our Lady's message that she gave earlier today, July 25th. Today of course the 25th of the month, the day that Our Lady gives a monthly message for the world and in these days when we've been meditating on the apparitions this past July 1st through the 5th, and everything that Our Lady has granted to us in these days for our, ourselves, our families, and for our nation, in a particular way with great joy, in the gifts that Our Lady has given to us, and all that is going, uh, taking place in our country, especially with all the graces that Our Lady has been granting to us in these days, we extend this joy to you, and tonight we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, the friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May we come to you tonight with the greatness and the joy of having your messages and your words spoken to us for our present, our future, and to those future Christians yet to be born. They might get to the end of time with your words, to the tribulation. Through our example and our witness of the tribulation we suffer in the present that you come to draw us out of. Amen. Well, Our Lady comes again, the 25th. We never could have imagined this could go on for so long. I can never imagine what it would be like when it stops. Sometimes I look at some of the youth in Medjugorje that's grown up now they're 25 to 30 years old. And the sun still spins in Medjugorje every evening during apparition time. And it's normal for them. They've never not seen it do that, if they even care. But because they're raised with it, they don't have the sensitivity of the wonder and how incredible something like that happens is to those who come. And so it is once Mariana told me that Yaakov, this poor boy, when he was still having his daily apparitions, that he would not, he don't know what it's going to be like. She had lost Our Lady on a daily basis. She's regained that on the second of each month now, and once a year on March 18th. But she said he doesn't even, he, he had apparitions since he was 10 years old. 
there was no phantoming and thinking about what would that be like when it's gone, when there is an eclipse of the heart, the darkness falls over us, when the reality of what those three days, the apostles running in the hills after the band of Jesus, what they felt, even though they heard what he said, even though they had some inkling of what might happen, they were devastated. And so we have this great moment happening, and we can't muster up enough reflection to realize how big history made and the future made of the history in the present that we dwell back on today of what were we thinking? Those in the future will have the luxury. They'll have the ability to look back on how big this was because none of us know it. There's nobody, not the visionaries, not anybody knows how great this plan is. They said that. You cannot comprehend the greatness of your role. If we can't do that, we certainly can't comprehend the greatness of the plan. One thing we do know, it's Our Lady who said that this plan is a great plan. She didn't say just a plan. She said a great plan for the salvation of the world. We're going to see wonders and things that would strike all in the people. What was it like to be there? What was it like to walk with the woman? the woman of revelations. Many things will manifest. It doesn't take much to see we're under judgment by our own life, the culture we built. In our lady's words, as if we're our own creators. It is not a good inheritance for the future generations, nor for what live in the present. So this message today Ali brings to us is more on upbeat, more of a joyful message. She does give a warning in it, but at the same time, it's a beautiful message of how we're supposed to have and what we're supposed to have in our heart. Our Lady of Medjugorje's July 25th, 2013 monthly message for the world. Dear children, with joy in my heart, I call all of you to live your faith and to witness it with your heart and by your example in every way. Decide, little children, to be far from sin and temptation, and may there be joy and love for holiness in your hearts. I love you, little children, and accompany you with my intercession before the Most High. Thank you for having responded to my call. When a lady says, with joy in my heart, she's not underestimating, or rather we shouldn't underestimate what that means for her. She's really filled with joy. Of course, you could say she's in heaven, but also we've we've said, don't let my my eyes cry tears of blood. So we have this mixture of things but she also says, I can feel in the, your hearts my triumph. So she's here with this plan. She's here for this purpose. And so when she says, with joy in my heart, I call all of you to live your faith and to witness it. What is it? Faith. How? In your heart. By what? Your example. 
faith by your example. And how in every way. One thing we look at through our mission is how many ways we can spread and propagate all these messages. And we can't spread and propagate all these messages with fruit because we can print all day long. You can distribute all day long. But with fruit is a different thing. Fruit comes from grace. Grace comes from living what it is you, you spread. If you're, not spreading, if you're not living the messages but you're spreading them, what good is it? There's nothing behind it. For God to activate that, for that seed to lay on the ground on the sidewalk, and nothing happens because it just gets parched. There's no, there's no growth. But if it falls on fertile ground and is watered, if your witness of the messages is lived and you spread the message as opposed to not living them, but you're just in the business of spreading them, because that's a lot of, a lot of magic ways this way. We want to spread them, but are we, are you fasting? No. Are you going to monthly confession? No, sometimes. We're not talking about failure. We're talking about a non-commitment to really, with your, with your whole heart, live the message. That gives you authority to speak on the messages. If you put them into your life, you make your life and pattern your life after the messages. You have authority to speak about them. You don't have to get permission from anybody. Not the visionaries. Not the church. Not, not the Franciscans. Nobody has authority to tell you whether or not you can spread the messages. This is coming straight from heaven. Our lady's bypassing everything right now. Because there's too much bureaucracy. There's too many obstacles. It took 40 years to release the third secret of Fatima. That's why our lady appears still today out on top of a mountain. Because she's free to speak. She doesn't want to run it through panels of theological studies for two years before they're released. She's a free spirit. Because God's made this apparitions turn up the way. Even a lot of things that the church wouldn't allow 40, 50 years ago, the index and all these things, actually were liberalized. And too much. I admit, too much. But what it's done is open the door because there's a lot of ultra-conservative and orthodox, so strong orthodox, pharisaical, that would stop Medjugorje. Medjugorje is to be free. Medjugorje is to remain free. That's why the church hasn't approved it. You can't go around hand-wringing wondering why hasn't the church approved it or begging for it to be approved. If God wanted it to happen, one apparition out of the thousands and thousands of daily apparitions to the bishop of Mostar would do it. God hasn't done it because he doesn't want it approved. People cannot get this in their mentality. Medjugorje is permitted by the church because it's private revelations and you have a right to spread private revelations. We're completely green-lighted to do what we do by our baptism. The right of baptism, R-I-T-E, and the right, R-I-G-H-T, is for us to evangelize. We're part of the royal priesthood. You can spread it. You don't have to have permission. You can be blocked. Some answers may say you have to stop it. But remember Peter and John, who, I think it was John, who went, was hauled before the assembly. They were thrashed afterwards and told not to say nothing about Jesus. What did they do? They walked right out and started doing it again. What's the song we play, Pioneers? You can't stop me. 
And that's the spirit we need to have. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to rest that we can even slow the messages down or they belong to the visionaries. They don't have ownership to this. You do. Our lady's speaking to me and she's speaking to you. Once you comprehend that, it's to change our mentalities because it changes the world. And so today, with joy in my heart, I called all of you to live faith and to witness it. She says, I love you, little children, and she wants to accompany us before the intercession of the Most High. Where is joy today? Many people experience bitterness. Joy really is supposed to be created within the family. It's grace. Our lady says, I want the fruits of the family to be seen one day. This fruit, the family, has to have joy in it. If it doesn't, what is it? Where are you going to get it? You're going to have everything tore up and expect joy? And it's not something so far-fetched and so exalted that it's not reachable or touchable. It's very tangible, but we don't want it. Because we want the things of the world, which Yvonne said, the materialism of the parents... It's really basically he relays has destroyed the children because parents care more about things than they do their own children. And they teach us to children the same repetitive thing that they perpetuate. And now we've got the last two or three generations this way. I'm reading a book right now about World War II and, and they call them the greatest generation. A 20-year-old running a B-17. Incredible. The responsibility to come. But things were so hard on what they went through, the greatest generation let go 20, 30 years after the war. And it really damaged the greatest generation. And we've inherited a lot of things that should have been stopped that wasn't because we quit praying. Hardship sometimes makes you go through those things. You want things more easy. But also hardship may make you on your knees in the middle of it because they prayed. They prayed, most of them did flying the B-17s and the battles and all these things. And so what we have to go back to is what's, where is home? Where's the simple things? Where do we live? Where do we learn to love? How do you learn to pray? Where do you raise your children? What does a house mean today? Not a whole lot. I couldn't imagine, when even when I was 20, why people did not want to be rooted down to some place they knew they were going to live the rest of their life. I started my teenage years thinking, where am I going to move to? Where am I going to go? I'm not going to get in a position where I have a job. I'm going to be transferred. I want to be rooted. I want to be solid. Yes, I thought this way when I was 18, 19, 20. And I want to have a place that I can say is home. And I want to be buried there. And I want my kids to play in the creeks. And those memories, when they have kids, they see their kids playing it, my grandkids, and their kids the same. A place of memory, a place of simplicity, a place of love, or it's just a simple life. It's a place on the map where the railroad tracks run by a flag in the front yard. See a kid on a bike throwing papers in the drive And a man stacking hay in a red barn There's a father and a son with a BB gun Shooting bottles off a trash can lid 
And a mat on the floor by a dog on the porch Says y'all come on in That's where we live, that's where we love That's where we pray and raise our babies Where we fry that chicken talk in the kitchen About what's been happening lately Where we get baptized, where we throw the rice While the world goes round again That's where we live We walk through the house, see our mama's old couch We got when we were about 15 Red ribbon on the mirror from the 4-H fair When we took second place with our whole state Where the honeysuckle grows on an old fence row That runs up over the ridge Where we sing Amazing Grace, pass the plate And give all we can give That's where we live, that's where we love That's where we pray and raise our babies where we fry that chicken talk in the kitchen about what's been happening lately Where we get baptized, where we throw the rice while the world goes round again That's where we Where we live and where we're gonna die, it's where we live. That's where we live, that's where we love, that's where we pray and we raise our babies. Where we fry that chicken jaw in the kitchen about what's been happening lately. It's where we get baptized, where we throw the rice while the world. Where we live Yeah, that's where we live That's where we live That's where we We started a nine-day novena today. You can actually look at that on um, the homepage. Um, and coincidentally, or Holy Spirit coincidence, the topic of the novena is on faith. And we've often seen this, that the message that Our Lady gives on the 25th, um, starting in June, going through December, oftentimes... It follows what is going on with these novenas, and we have tens of thousands of people praying this novena um, with us, in union with us, that um, I just, but it was striking in some of the language of the novena today that I just wanted to uh, present that in in what you wrote. Uh, the novena uh, goes on for several pages, but part of it says, Medjugorje is a witness, an example and a prophecy regarding what many in the world will go through both physically and spiritually. Our Lady says in her message today, 
live your faith, witness it, and by your example, witness it. And th- this is exact verbiage that goes on through the the um, the novena that you wrote, which was twenty years ago. So, um, did you? What do you draw from that? Is it that she, uh, knowing that there's so many people praying this novena, she'll give us words to help us to enter into that spirit? Or how do you see the well, coincidence? By, by no means is she following me. It was October of 1988 that Ari says, I want to collaborate with you. Our Lady gave us a private message to Visca once on a project that uh, I was initiating and doing. And she said, whatever you do is precious to me. Rather, whatever you do with the heart is precious to me. So here it is, Ellie says, I want to collaborate with you. Why would she not come in and inspire things and then parallel what she's going to do in the future? And we have seen this repeatedly happen. Our Lady said that same message, I need your prayers because I have great plans with an S. There's plans all over the world. And if you give your heart to Our Lady, you'll give your life to Our Lady. She'll, she'll show you what to do. And then she'll collaborate herself with your plans because she says, I want to collaborate with you and use that even when she gives a 25th message. And we've seen these things and, and sometimes we're amazed by this. But why should we be when it's our lady who says, I want to collaborate with you? I think it was January of 89. She says, I need your collaboration. She wants both. I want to collaborate with you for I need your collaboration. So we'll collaborate with her, and she's going to collaborate with us. We'll collaborate with her by spreading the messages, then she, she validates it later, just like this novena written 20 years ago to the message today, is, as Joan just said, exact verbiage. If you give your heart to her, you get in her heart, she gets in your heart. Why would, why could you, not, why would you not speak in union, even prophetically? I was with the... Um, I was in the Vatican once with the, the head of the uh, Swiss Guards, and he, we had a couple of bishops in this, on this trip. Uh, they went with me. I was there while they were there, and we was walking to the Vatican. And the way he treated the bishops was pretty impressive, really. like the, You saw that they, they made them feel like their position. And so God puts you in a position, and... There's a principle, whatever you declare on, on earth is declared in heaven. I noticed when Our Lady came to, through Maria at our house in 1988 that something that I was shocked at. I couldn't even believe it. And I began to see the, a pattern where Our Lady recognized my authority of the home. And it makes so much sense if you really think about it because all authority is from God. And Our Lady... But it's said that Mary loves her neighbor was proportional to her way she loved God. Whom she loved in her neighbor, through her goodness, gentleness, all toward the neighbor. Maria Rantorta wrote that. And so when you love neighbor, you love that. You, when you love whatever is a God, then, then you're, you're in union with it. So the point I'm making in 1988, I, I began to see that, that 
you know, I was asking Maria what everything doing, what did a lady want to do, and, and she would throw it back on me, and then there's several things that a lady did in apparitions that really were profound that I couldn't believe. It helped me make and understand later what I wrote and how to change her husband. God respects his own authority. The Swiss court respected the bishop's authority. Authority is of God, especially moral authority. Sometimes it's, it's of God letting it happen because we're being chastised by it, like the Israelites with the Assyrians. That authority is from God. What's happening now in government is authority from God because we are due purification. So this recognition, it doesn't mean you have to obey immoral authority, but often immoral authority will punish and purify us. But to answer the question and be more clear of that is, is, is Our Lady recognizes the position and she foresaw now what she's doing that she inspired 20 years ago. I followed her even though something's in the future because I, I know I wrote in it as prophetic that what's happening in Medjugorje and said all these things and there's a lot more in the novena when I first heard it today I was shocked with that with the message and how clear and how much union there were. But so is Pope Francis, in April of this year, he mentions confession of faith. He mentions Jesus in the heart of our hope. And he talked about if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain. The whole, the whole thing he's talking about is in faith. This may be more direct because it's tied to Medjugorje. And saying Medjugorje is prophetic. And it's an example. And our lady does say the word to the example. And it says to be a witness. Medjugorje is a witness. It's an example. Reread that. Medjugorje is a witness, an example, and a prophecy regarding what many in the world will go through, both physically and spiritually. And he says, faith and to witness it with your heart and by example in every way. And so if you, if you follow the messages, you're in union with God. If you, if you pattern what you think, you pattern your mentalities on the messages, you're just saying what she says. And you... And you you can say those things with authority if you're living it. I'm not talking about failing it. We all fail. But if you've made your life that way, if you pattern your life out that way, then you'll know how a lady thinks and what your words come out to be if you're sincere of heart, you're open of heart, and you love. Just as Maria Vitora says, Mary's love for her the neighbor was proportional to her love for God, whom she loved in her neighbor. When she loves her neighbor, she loves God the same way. That's scary because we think God way up here, we think our neighbor real low. But proportionally, the way she loved her neighbor is the same way she loved God. Her life was perfumed with love, goodness, and gentleness toward her neighbor. While ordinary things is what life is made of, when they are clothed with love, they become sublime. Mary is able to do these things that, that she's showing us today. And you can think, everybody, everybody's had the experience following Medjugorje that you can even see where she says something and you felt that way at that moment. I have, many people have written saying, oh, what, what you wrote is comes to me at the right time because this is what I'm thinking. I feel this. I didn't know how to write it down, maybe. Maybe they don't have the gift of being able to sit down and, and do the work that I have where I can write it. It's just that God recognizes what he establishes, he speaks to it, and it's just real simple. There's nothing to do fireworks over it. It, it may be thrilling for people reading they find the first shot to be able to have something that they feel somebody's on my side. 
Because really it is. It's God on your side. And we're all thinking certain things right now. And yet, we have so much against us. And so that's what the joy is of having Our Lady. She said, with joy in my heart, I call you all to live with your faith and witness it with your heart. We had a situation several years ago. I raised horses. And I knew when I got married, if I didn't want to stay broke, I better get rid of those things. Because they're too much money. They're very expensive to keep up. Unless you got the right land, unless you got the means, unless you got the equipment, unless you got to do your own hay, you can't keep them unless you got a lot of money. And if you don't have a lot of money, you never will if you keep horses. So it got to a point where we got, our neighbor showing us get rid of TV, get rid of sports, and the kids wanted to have horses. I said, no, I'm not going to get no horses. I've been through that. I've trained through high school. I know all, uh-uh. They said, well, can we pray? I said, well, you can pray all you want to. And, of course, they started praying. And it says here in this message, say, I love you, little children, and accompany you with my intercession before the Most High. These little children were being accompanied, unknowns to me, by Our Lady to the throne of God for their prayers. They said three Hail Marys. They said on the edge of the woods, on the sides of pastures and places like that for a whole year. A man brought a horse, then another one, then another fell in our lap. We got around nine horses. I said, don't pray anymore for horses. Pray how we're going to feed these things. I've told this story many times because it was a beautiful thing. And these horses bring great joy to us. They're, they're a beautiful creature. And Pope Francis, naming after St. Francis, saw this beauty in the animal and in creation. We see it in our horses. Every morning at 5 a.m. prayer, it's a joy that we have, just like I said, with joy in my heart, I call you to live your faith. We see faith with the sunrise, and this morning actually the sun was so beautiful. When it first started coming out, it turned the clouds orange. The horses all around us out just beyond the statue, and it's really a scene to behold. God's creatures are something that's a gift to us. We're grateful. We had, somebody bought me about six boxes of candy that was like 1950, 1960, 1970, 1980. Well, we didn't get a chance. We've been so busy. That was back in April. We didn't get a chance. The other day, we brought it out to the field for all the kids and the adults. And we was kind of joking, what, this is 1960, this is 70, this is not, looks like 1950. Wasn't that old. It was just made those kind of candies in that age. Well, the kids got around all these boxes, and they were just all over it, and I was having to stop them. And, and Jack, a pony, a solid white pony, comes up. And he's with the kids, and we're having to push the kids away. And he's the worst. He's in there, and he grabs candy out of his mouth and just busts it open. We can't push him away. He'd come back on the other side. You push him off this side, he'd come on the other side. It was a scene to behold. It was joyful. It was funny. We were laughing. And it's a beautiful thing. These are beautiful creatures that God's given to us. A while back, a month or so ago, uh, the horses got over an electric fence into where we were doing the rosary. And on Sunday, I think it was a Sunday, wasn't it? They got in the midst of us. All the big horses, there were probably 12, 13 of the horses right there. We're all on blankets. They're on the blankets between us. They're walking between us. We couldn't push them away. They were full. They were happy. They weren't hungry. And they were playful, and they wanted to be with us. We had a visitor here says, those horses, do they do that? They look like they're praying with you. I'm talking about we're sitting down, and, and six inches away is... His horse's legs. I mean, they're, they're in the midst of us. 
And we kept pushing them out, and they'd come back in. They wanted to grab the blanket. They wanted to grab your shoes with the teeth. And it's a beautiful thing, the spirit of these horses. And sometimes we don't look at God's creation and think about how beautiful things really are and what God gave them to us for and the joy they bring our kids and just not even if you use them. Our kids use them for rounding up cattle. They work around. They, fall comes out. It's one of the best times to ride horses. So God's given us so many gifts that is for joy. And they said, Decide, Lord, children, to be far from sin and temptation, and may there be joy and love for holiness in your hearts. Because that makes your heart light. When you burn with sin, you don't feel right. You have to run to confession. And they goes and said, I love you, little children, and accompany you with my intercession before the Most High. She did this with these kids to bring these horses. That's how much she cares. She didn't say, you adults. She says, you little children. These little children did that. When we act like little children, Our Lady will accompany us before the throne of God. That's what she said November 25th, 1988 in the field. I will intercede before God's throne. I will intercede for your intentions before God. And that's why people come to the field and give their intentions. We know Our Lady will from here do that. We know from Medjugorje, we know you can be in church praying it. But special places she's visited does have a special grace. We've seen that. So sometimes it's time to just look and reflect on what God's given to us throughout history. And one of those joys we have is horses, along with our cattle and everything else. But the horses are a particular joy. Just the scenery every morning, what they do. It's a joy for me when I walk out there and see them across the pasture. The magnificence of these things and God's creatures and what he made them for, for man. La, 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 la. Sometimes I have to wonder if people realize where America would be without your sacrifice. Today it's the rodeo and races where you soar. But there was a time when you were so much more. You listen close to our commands. Hold the plows that tamed this land Charged with soldiers in the battle Help the cowboys herd their cattle Through the wind and rain and snow Carried us from east to west To the spirit of the horse You are dead From generals in armies to honor chiefs and tribes You offered up your service And you often gave your life In pictures and on statues You're part of history So we salute your contribution And your gallant majesty You listen close to our commands Hold the plows that tame this land Charged with soldiers in the battle Help the cowboys herd their cattle Through the wind and rain and snow Back and forth from east to west To the spirit of the horse You are dead You helped us win our freedom You're a friend so try to Chose. 
heroes quietly to the final ride to rest in peace. Boots and stirrups facing back, riderless you lead the pack. We owe a lot of gratitude. Living out in this, the out of the city brings so many joys that you don't comprehend that are even available to you. And often those things are just simple, uncomplicated things. Just the way the kids act and react, the adults to them, the interaction. And that's what Ali really wants to give. She wants to give a way of life, a way of life that's joyful. It doesn't mean you always run around laughing and cutting up. It's not that kind of Mountain Dew commercial type thing. People swing and laughing like boisterously. It's joy felt in the heart. You don't have to have a smile. You just feel happy. And you're going to feel down. I mean, our lady felt down sometimes when her son was rejected and she saw that. Not in the crucifixion, but before that. When she contemplated what she had to go through, what do you think she thought? But she loved. She loved a lot. And so... She's trying to get us to see God in everything, in our neighbor, in his creation, in the animals he made for us. It was really incredible when you think about Adam, when God made the plants and uh, fruit-bearing trees and everything for him. And that we look at animals so much a different way where you have the people who are extreme on, like PETA, who believe in that they're like human beings. They're a creature God gave to us. It's a gift. But so much that's not seen and the way the life is structured in civilization today. And for us to experience the joy, we need to be exposed to those kinds of things when we walk out our door. And some of it you want to not be happy with, like the mosquitoes at 5 a.m. prayer. So you, you tolerate those things. At the same time, where's God leading us? We're going to see tribulation. And if we don't learn how to live now or either physically put ourselves in a position that we can live now, where's the joy and consolation going to come from? God has for us everything we could ever want available through the Virgin Mary and her apparitions. The question we have to ask ourselves, are we acting on those things, or are we just letting the culture drag us along in accordance way? People don't want to give things up. They don't want to turn away from it. They don't want to look at what they have to do because they feel like they're going to lose something. You're going to lose something if you don't act on it. You can't continue whatever it is you want to do and expect to be happy for the future in the world the way it comes to us. You were just speaking today to the community about how important it is to read and that we need even in our busy schedule to, to fight for that time. But it's not just what or that you're reading, but that you are to read good books. And so we're always passing good books around and always looking and searching for that. But I think a common theme that we find in the books, and, and a lot of times we're reading history books and biographies and things like this, is the people in whatever circumstances that they find themselves in. And since we're reading, you know, different war books or the time in, in World War II and 
so many different times of conflict that people find themselves in. The the people that are common people, but they they grab your heart because they can always rise above whatever circumstance there is in, and they draw that joy out of life, and um, that challenge to not get yourself so carried away with you know the doom and gloom or your daily tasks or whatever, but be able to find that joy in the the daily things that happen all around you, having the eyesight to see that. And uh, I think um, this is this is a, a challenge, particularly in our time that we're living in, but I know this is a trait of yours. I've seen this so many times when we're very pressed or being attacked or whatever, you have an ability to, five minutes later, step out and, and see something, laugh at the kids or, or whatever it is. And do you see that in the message? I know that that's part of your character and how you grew up, but um, do you see this as this is something of what Our Lady is saying that she can be joy in this message today, even with so many concerns we have about our future, what's going on in our nation, the world, etc. And yet she comes not just today, but even last month, she said the same thing that she has joy in her heart. Well, Our Lady tells us to be joyful Christians. And with this word today, with joy in my heart, I call you all to live. If you listen, to, if you just read the last three days of whatever's out there about news, what is it to have joy in your heart? And we're complaining people. People complain. If you complain, you are not, you don't have a relationship with God. There's so much not to complain about. There's so much to be grateful for. And if anything, we've grown into a selfish, greedy people that have no ability to see what we have because we're always wanting what we don't have. If we just stopped and paused and reflected over, the, uh, over our sin, I mentioned that earlier, through the centuries, what man had to do and what we have now, they would look at us like, we're beasts, you ungrateful pigs. You, you're, you're so selfish in what you do and what you think you need. I think, I think, not ancient man, I think modern man just several decades ago would be appalled at the attitude and the mentality people have. At what point do we sit there and say we're grateful? Oh, we can say it with words, but are you really grateful to God? And can you find things just in your yard or outside or walking and turning the key into a car and make that thing, that piece of steel, run you down the road? This book I was talking about a little earlier it's an amazing thing to, to see when you really look toward God. We think of the Germans, you know, and the Nazis, and we think of them as enemies. But, you know, there were people in those Catholics that were, well, Pope Benedict was in the military. Some of them hated the SS, the Secret Service of, of the Nazis. The Air Force, the German Air Force, had to do the job, they had to do what they did. But this book is about an incredible story. And it's, it's incredible because most of the backgrounds of these people who rose up to the occasion was raised on farms or out in the country. It says a lot. But here's a guy that's 20 years old that commanded a B-17 and even lied about his age because they knew that his that the military let him do it. It's just the people who had to report to him wouldn't respect him thinking he was too young. His first mission turned out something incredible. And he kept a Bible in his pocket. On the other side, 
a guy who had ended up flying 300 battle missions, which you don't go past 10 or so before you get knocked out of the air, 20 would be a miracle. He went 300 because he prayed the rosary all the time. He was a German pilot. Shot down American planes. So what happens when these two come together, one's got to shoot the other down, and they're both praying to God. One's touching his Bible constantly in his top pocket for protection. The other's got his rosary. She must look at this. Boy, it's a problem. Who am I going to listen to? The story was incredible what happens in this book. I'm not going to tell you. But they never communicated to each other because they couldn't. But they're a fine wingtip. And what took place was unbelievable because the B-17 was supposed to crash. And they couldn't do anything to communicate. The Holy Spirit had to do it. Even though they both got it wrong what the other was thinking, the Holy Spirit worked out something that's really unbelievable. I don't even look at titles and name of books. What's the name of the book I told you this morning? A Higher Call. Higher Call. Go get the book. You're missing out on so many things and so many spiritual lessons. So many. I have several people who say they like to read my book because I make notes in it. I talk about the community. And I see this. Oh, this is what the community needs to do. This is how we need to follow. Or this is what the community is doing. This is how we built the community. You see these things. And so it's so valuable. If you don't read, I'm telling you, you are missing part of life. I fight to read. I love to read. And I hated school. So what's your excuse? Get into it. We have so many things that we have to look at today that our lady speaks of joy. Where does joy come from? Where do you get joy? The tragedy today is so many people cannot go back home. Why? Because they don't have a place of life. A place that they could call home. It's a tragic event of our time and the broken families everywhere you turn and how people, they don't have no place to go to. So what do you, what do you go to if you want to go home? A place, a place where your life was. It's called home. It hardly exists today. I think it's strange that God preserved, if you go to Jerusalem, Nazareth, Mary's place right there. You can go down and underneath it and see where Joseph's workshop is. I, I went there. You can see the walls to it. That's where Jesus and Joseph worked. God saw to it that this be preserved. And what about Jesus' little house, the house of Laredo, where many people went in and some of those were so convicted that they went to conversion and became great saints of the church by simply walking into the house of Laredo and His holiness. That home meant something. And that home had joy in it because it had Mary in it, had Jesus in it, had Joseph in it. A joyful home would change the world. That's where we begin. That's where we start. Joyful homes would change the future. We don't realize what that means. And I'm sad for so many people who cannot say what they're made of and where they come from. Two different homes, two different families, 
broken places, moved all the time. No place really to say home. That's what this place here is about. It's because it's what all they showed us. I moved out here for that. To have a place said that even no matter where my kids went, it's home. Place they know where they're going to be buried. This doesn't exist today. Very few places have it. And it's a sweet thing. A beautiful thing. They fell in love at 17, so young and so naive And I think when we came along, they put away their dreams One by one, the four of us meant one more sacrifice But all I ever saw was love when I looked into their eyes Our toys were fields and trees A little lake and some fishing poles But my best memories Mama played her dolls And her daddy played his old guitar
the world will break you. There's a book about St. Bernard called The Family Who Overtook Christ. And in this book, it talks about as people would pass their house, they would hear laughter coming from it. It was a joy that was impressed on those passerbyers that made them want the same. Who wouldn't want that? That's what I said today. By your example, in every way, witness your faith. One of the best ways to witness your faith is joy. People like to be around joyful people. Not silly people. Not superficial people. But the people have joy in the heart. Our lady said, may there be joy in your heart. A house which has joy in it changes to a home where joy is in the heart. There's joy in the heart of the home, in other words. This is what we have to go back to. It's Our Lady's witness which told us today, joy with joy in my heart. I always remember in 1988, Our Lady sat in a bedroom, and that says a lot of volume about what we're talking about here, about the home. We built a home to die in. I used to have clients that were 60 years old that just built a house. And I'd say, is this a live and die house? They said, what are you talking about? I said, are you planning to die here? Well, we don't know. They're 60 years old. They just built a house in a subdivision. Or even sometimes on some land, an acre or two. And they don't know that they're going to stay there. Nomads. Just get you a camel. That didn't, that didn't compute with me. as it, it didn't make any sense to me. I was in my 20s then. I thought, I would never do that. I want to know in my youth, just like this song talks about, 17 years old. People don't build things anymore. They don't realize civilization is built. A family's built. Can you imagine the altar of the bedroom that our lady made and what she's trying to tell you? How she entered our home, how we gave it to God before we even knew about Medjugorje, how we consecrated to her, it's yours, do whatever you like with it. We're just here for the stay while we live. Because we did that, she did more to it than we'd ever dreamed. We didn't even, you couldn't even phantom what would home, happen in our home. But we never saw it as a house. It was built rock by rock with love. Real love. Passion. That we know we'd grow old in. Having built family. And through building family, having something we could look back on and know we passed through this life rich. Not by what, what money or material things, because of building a civilization. Building a community. Our Lady saw enough there that Maria turns into his head in 1988 and says, Our Lady wants to start a community here. The ingredients was there to bake the cake she wanted to cook, and she did. And now it's impacting you to do the same. And other communities want to start and do the same thing. Coming home to many people is not a possibility. But we need to have a place, even the idea, the dream, that that's possible now. Because without it, and you don't have to have a mansion, you just have something, you, you stay in power. I want to plant some roots somewhere, as you can say, where I come from. It may be a mansion, it may be a one-bedroom high-rise, some people may be stuck in, but who, who has this rooted to them? Home 
is where the heart is. Where the heart is must be joy. That's something that's built.
It's a beautiful thing for us to watch our kids around here that they can be anywhere on the grounds and they feel at home. They don't feel out of place. Anyways, they see things every day, and even when they're in the tabernacle, it's home to them. It's something, it's extension of their home. The grounds, the place, everything's so familiar. Of course, we had a 28-year-old mother last year died, a little bit over a year ago. And the children are so stable that I'd, 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 find, I'd be hard-pressed for anybody to find any kids more stable after having lost a mother at that young of age, where the kids, what, under four, three, and one? And it's incredible. You see what a lady and the idea she has for us of how things should be when you live through those kinds of events. If you've never read it, it's on our site called Learning How to Die. But the children of this family, these young kids, I don't think they could be in any situation any better than what they are right here. Everything's home. Everything's still familiar. They didn't get shipped off. They didn't have to bring people in to start taking care of them or doing something or move away. And it's a beautiful thing and a gift Our Lady gives to us. Do we accept that? Because it takes effort to build a home. I know the first time I met my wife when we were teenagers was at somebody's house and timing was everything. We just happened to be there when she was there and another visitor was, a friend of mine was there. We, we crossed paths. We crossed paths on our two, two, three houses down when we was kids. She used to come play with the next door neighbor, two down, but we didn't like the girl, two down, two houses down. We didn't like the girl. I can remember riding our bicycles, running them off the sidewalks because that was a boy's sidewalk. It wasn't belonging to girls who hopscotched, chalking it up. So as kids, she was there. I never never saw her or recognized her tied in later until she said, well, I used to go play at Susan Baggett's house when I was right one house down, two houses down. But timing wasn't right then. And our press were connected close in the same proximity, but we didn't see each other until we was in our upper teens and meet. God knows how he times things out. Because of the time it was right when we did meet and we built a life together, we built a home together, it's where everybody starts. And how many things and how easy it is to cross paths and what God's got for you, that's too dangerous not to be in prayer for what God wants you to do with your life. You're going to go to college for a professor to tell you what you need to do and then warp your thinking about it? You're going to have career specialist come to your high school and tell you what you need to do? It's not what Elaine says. Give me three years, she says. Then at the end of the three years of magic she says, give me a, a fourth year. Don't dare start your life. Don't dare begin to build home. Don't know where you're going to live. There's people here say, all I want to do is be buried in the cemetery here. That's my goal, where I end up here. We have people from the outside. Can I be buried in your cemetery? It's a beautiful thing. We see that every day. We pass through it. We pray for our loved ones there every day. And that's one of the richest things we have. We know where we're going to be laid here. But with my wife, we built this, and the timing was everything. We knew we were going to build a love and die house. Never thought about, oh, we'll build something, we'll build something bigger later. That's not building life together. And when that's done in honesty and truthfulness, you do this together, you have something that you become rich in to look back upon 
that will make you in your gray years happy, filled with joy. There's always tragedies, there's always difficulties, there's always crosses. It's not a bit of roses. But at the same time, Our Lady wants us to see that, to put down roots. Did you know where you come from? If God has preserved the house, the house of Laredo, which says it was carried by the angels to Italy, I've been there. You see the walls, you walk in this little small house, and you think, this is where Jesus touched these stones as a little kid walking around. What does that same kid walking around here think when he grows up and sees this is where I'm come from? Everything's familiar. Yes, minds change, parts can change, but the opportunity exists. But time is everything. And you don't know who you Ali says, don't dare take a step with that God. Why would you not be praying for everything you're supposed to be doing? Especially in youth. You're gonna plan your own future? Look what people's future are turning out to be. I was thoughtful. I never thought about living for the present, I live for the future. The house materialized. Everything we have here. And everything, I was at the right place at the right time when I went to Medjugorje. I can use this person because his thinking's right. I'm not saying I, I was perfect. I just said I, I had some philosophies. I didn't believe in debt. So when a lady called me, I didn't have to sit there and say, well, i got to get out of debt or I can't afford to do it or I can't take off from work. I was in a position to do everything I was asked to do. And I'm fortunate and blessed. Not lucky. Blessed. That God put me on the path to have the right kind of thinking that I could do at the moment where the time was everything. And so when you build on a life, those who you cross paths with, those who God's going to yoke you with, don't dare enter that or yoke yourself with Jesus as a consecrated. Don't dare enter that without each step of prayer. This is what's important. Because you can lose everything if time is not everything for you. When the stars line up and you catch a good break, people think you're lucky, but you know it's great. It can happen so fast Or a little bit late Time is everything You know I've had close calls When it could have been me I was young when I learned Just how fragile life could I lost friends of mine I guess it wasn't my time Time is everything And I could have been a child that God took home And I would have been one more unfinished song when it seems a rhyme is hard to find That's when one comes along Just in time Well, I remember that day When our eyes first met 
You ran into the building to get out of the rain Cause you were soaking wet And as I held the door You wanted to know my name And timing is everything And I could have been another man And you never would have crossed my path that day And when it seems true love is hard to find That's when love comes along Just in time well, You can call it fate Destiny. Sometimes it really seems like it's a mystery. Cause you can be hurt by love or healed by the same. Time is everything. And it can happen so fast or a little bit late. Is your life going to be an unfinished song? Going your way? Or are you going to have a completeness because you go a lady's way? She wants it to be a beautiful melody. Joyful? A heart filled with love? And that you be happy. It's a mystery, but it comes through prayer. If you follow her, you'll see that everything follows just in the right time. Place your life in her hands and watch. The timing is everything. We sure our lady. We love you. Good night.